Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Well, time flies when we're having fun, doesn't it? Today, we're starting the 14th season of our show with episode number 168. I can hardly believe we've been going that long. I can't believe we're that old. (laughs) (laughs) We we didn't say anything about how old we were. (laughs) As most of you who have been listening to our shows know that we always have an overall theme for each season as well. For this season. 13-week uh, season, our theme is finding your way back to your true self. This time of the global, great global transformation is actually all about each of us individually, as well as all of us collectively finding our way back to our true self. That's our true self. Notice that I said our true self, singular Spirit is undivided, limitless, and eternal oneness. That means there is only one spirit, and we are that one spirit, each and every one of us. Each of us starts off assuming that we are separate and nothing like everyone else. Our path back to our true self is the path to realizing the truth that we are not separate little mortal bodies running amok, but within the limitlessness beyond the appearance of our individual bodies and personalities. We are an undivided oneness of spirit. When we say hello to someone, we are saying, I see you to that person. What we need to realize is that I see you actually means I see us. All true transformation is the process we experience of returning to the truth of who we are. We are becoming less what merely appears to be and more of what we are and forever will be. Transformation is our outward form changing as we wake up more to our inner reality. Global transformation comes from all of us realizing our collective inner truth. To do that, we cannot continue to insist on staying divided against one another in this world. So, to launch Season 14 of Living the Miracle on VoiceAmerica.com Empowerment, (laughs) we decided to address and explore what we consider to be the big lie that you are not enough. If we are all to return to our true divine nature, we cannot afford to remain in competition with one another. Competition is the expression of division, me against you, us against them. It seems that our society has long been based on competition. I am better than you. She is smarter than him. You are stronger than me. They are more successful than us. We defeated them. 
Yet, where does competition originate? You might assume that competition is between two people or groups, but competition really begins with competing against yourself. If you didn't get into competition with yourself first, you would never be in competition with anyone else. So, how do you get into competition against yourself? Competition begins the moment you decide in some manner that you are not enough just as you are. If you know with certainty that you are completely enough just as you already are, you do not compete against yourself. When you decide or believe that you are not enough in any way as you already are, then you are in competition against yourself to be different than you are. You divide yourself from yourself. It doesn't matter how you think you are not enough. Whether you think you are not good enough, strong enough, healthy enough, attractive enough, successful enough, wealthy enough, or capable enough in some way, you are in competition against yourself. Is there anyone who doesn't feel like or think that he or she isn't enough in some way, at least some of the time? Well, most of us. So, there is a lot of competition going on for a great majority of people. In fact, in our society, competition seems to be the name of the game. Which teams are going to the Super Bowl or the Final Four? Who is going to win the matchup? Who is the undisputed GOAT? That's greatest of all time, I have learned. In each sport, in each category, in each country, and so on. Which is the best laptop, smartphone, tablet, toothbrush, or potato peeler on the market? Which is better, faster, more efficient? Even our economy has been based on so-called, quote-unquote, healthy competition to keep quality up and prices down. But that is a huge part of the problem with our economy is based on a lie. The economy doesn't require competition to produce higher quality products and services at lower prices. It would require the wisdom and willingness of the businesses that provide the products and services to keep the economy healthy, stable, and, best of all, sustainable. Why many economists believe that competition is necessary in our society to keep businesses is to keep businesses honest and provide what everyone needs in a more affordable way is that many who run businesses don't rely on wisdom and compassion to further their business and put the bottom line above everything else. In such a culture, competition becomes the enforcement arm of society to ensure quality and price control. Yes, there are many in our society who only live with consideration for everyone's well-being, but only because of law enforcement. They'll follow the law to avoid punishment. Yet, It really is in the nature of human beings to live according to the spirit of the law, even if it wasn't spelled out as a law. What we call common sense and common decency are the expressions of inner truth and wisdom. Unfortunately, there are still some people who ignore their inner truth and forego distilling their life experience into wisdom. But... Is it correct to let a minority's unwillingness or seeming inability to accommodate an abundant and harmonious life control and limit that for the majority of the global population? 
it's high time to wake up to the big lie and discover that you are completely enough as you truly are. After all, you are spirit. You are limitless and fully creative. This is the time to create new solutions to problems that have not been solved by traditional means. Well, that means each of us has to step out of competition so we could communicate, cooperate, and collaborate. The first step to doing that is to realize that any belief or assumption that we may carry in our mind and live by that informs us that we are not enough, just as we are, is indeed a big lie. Just because so many people have assumed it, believed it, and lived according to it over such a long history doesn't make a lie a truth. If you examine yourself every time you believe that somehow you aren't enough, for example, not good enough, you need to assume that the judgments upon which you are basing that decision about yourself are true. But are those judgments even your own? Did you create such a judgment? Or did you learn them from someone else? As in, Johnny, what's the matter with you? Why can't you be good like your older brother? (laughs) How many Johnnies have heard that? And Harry's and Tom's. (laughs) Or a million more examples like that. Who told you in some way that you were lacking something the way you were? Do you have to believe them? Did they know the truth? All judgments come from fear. You'll discover, if you haven't already, that you only judge when you're afraid. If you're afraid that you'll lose someone's love, you might believe in the judgment that you're not good enough. The one who created that judgment was afraid of the same. They thought that only through judging would they be able to be, do, and have what they needed to survive. For example, if you don't do a good enough job, you won't be loved and you won't get paid. That's not based on truth. It's based on what a group of people decided was the way it was. Love itself is never conditional. Love loves always and forever, regardless of conditions, regardless of who you are, regardless of how you are. In fact, love doesn't even recognize conditions. We're the ones that insist on restricting love with conditions when we're afraid that we may lose that love without judgment and conditions. Compassion remains blind to ever-changing conditions of this world in favor of seeing only the truth of love. Compassion offers love to sinners and saints alike. Spirit being limitless and eternal never changes. That means spirit never dies. It doesn't even know the meaning of death or division or change. Always and forever, spirit 
is. Competition always divides. Competing against yourself divides you from yourself. Competing against others divides you from them. And as they say, divided, we fall. It's only through our unity that we can access our true creative power. Unifying the heretofore divided parts of you means healing yourself. And all healing begins with communication and compassion. In everyday terms, communicating and having compassion means this. Hello, I see you as you really are. And I love you just as you are. Neither communication nor compassion attempts to control anyone or anything. Yet when you communicate with compassion, positive healing change becomes inevitable. With communication and compassion, you validate that you are just as you are. Rather than isolate yourself further with competition, you dissolve the barriers that separate you from others through compassionate communication. Compassionate communication validates that you are enough just as you are. Rather than dividing yourself through competition, you need to validate yourself as the limitless and eternal spirit that you are. You discover and realize that you're fully enough just as you are by getting to know yourself. You can't do that if you jump to erroneous conclusions based on what you think you are and how you think you are. You'll discover that you are never what you think you are. What you think of yourself is never how you truly are since you are limitless and thinking is limited. Directly experiencing and knowing yourself are only possible through your psychic and soul abilities. You can see the truth of who you are through your clairvoyance and know yourself through your intuitive knowingness. You can never intellectually and logically figure yourself out. Ever try that? I'm really trying to figure myself out. I just haven't been able to figure myself out. (laughs) People do that all the time. As you develop the use of your clairvoyance, you're able to discern more the truth of who you are and who anyone else is. Much of that process begins as you begin to see clearly that you are not what you have believed yourself to be. And the same goes for everyone else. All too often, we assume that we know who someone is. We confuse identification labels and names and outer appearances with who the true spirit expressing itself as that person is. There is a well-known meditation practice in which you sit quietly asking yourself, Who am I? 
as you do, you begin to become aware in your mind all manners of images and thoughts and feelings that you've long associated with who you are. Yet, you realize that none of those images can ever truly be who you are since they're only fleeting images and thoughts and feelings in your mind and not the truth. The truth is completely certain. Whenever you experience truth, there's only absolute certainty. Yet in the light of truth, every doubt you hold as even possibly true will surface so that you can release it from your mind. Eventually, only the everlasting, unchanging truth remains. Thoughts and feelings of lack and inadequacy, of inferiority or superiority, arising in your mind never are problems unto themselves. They only restrict your awareness of truth and your certainty and power when you choose to believe them. How often during the course of a normal day do thoughts like, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I'm not deserving, I'm not going to make it, or they're a bunch of idiots. (laughs) How often do they surface in your mind? Then how often do you start to believe in them and act them out or try to stop them or argue with them or fight with them in your mind? Every time you do, you're empowering with your creative power that which is merely an image in your mind and not reality. Would you rather fill your mind with untrue images, with thoughts and feelings, or with limitless truth and joyous peace? That's your choice, your free will to make every moment. And in making that choice, you gain over mastery over yourself and your life. Well, before we take our quick break, we wanted to invite you to join us to our next teleclass happening on Saturday, May 15th. That's in a couple weeks at 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This one is Make a Psychic Pit Stop Energy Work to Recharge. And this is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. And everyone is welcome to join us for this one, even if you have never been in one of these classes before. We all need to periodically and regularly step out from wherever we might be involved in for the proverbial breath of fresh air to renew and inspire ourselves to carry on to our destination no matter the challenges. In this teleclass, you'll learn what making psychic pit stops are, why they're important, and how you can make them regularly by doing psychic energy work to refresh, to re-inspire, and recharge yourself with life force and creativity. For all the details about this event, you may go to our May events calendar section on our website at michaeltamora.com that's m-i-c-h-a-e-l-t as in tom a-m-u-r-a.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours pacific time monday to friday and also if you are on our website be sure to sign up to be on our mailing list I just put out a big old newsletter for this month, and if you would like to receive that, 
You can write to our office at michaeltamurainfo at gmail.com and ask Noel, our assistant, to send you the newsletter. The uh, It's an e-newsletter. It's an exciting, exciting uh, schedule we have this month. Anyway, we'll be right back to continue with The Big Lie. You are not enough. See you right Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. For those of you joining us now, we've been exploring what the big lie is and how you can master yourself and your life by not falling for it and getting to the truth instead. So let us continue. What is that big lie? It is you are not enough. Boy, oh boy. I bet you many of you sensitives out there can really relate to that. Um, you know, when someone says you, you are not something enough, or you are to something. Um, in, in the case of one time, I was working uh, in my early 20s in a grocery store, and someone got really frustrated with me because of how I was responding to them yelling at me. And they started saying over and over to me, you are too sensitive. So I guess what they were saying was I was not tough enough (laughs) 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 you are not tough enough and actually I I was a pretty tough person back then and uh, but I also uh, created that toughness in order to handle the sensitivity that I had so if you ever see someone who turns their you know turns around and turns their shoulder to you because they don't like how they're responding to you they're just wanting to avoid some of the energy they're feeling from you But you are not enough of what? 
You know, uh, many of you have been accused of not being something enough. For instance, in the um, acting community, how about the the all big issue of you are not thin enough? <laughs> and then um, the HDTV came out and made all the screens really wide and everybody who was a size zero still looked like they were at least a size six. So, you know, how does that, how do you handle that? Well, you were thin enough when you were being filmed, and they, then they put it up there and spread it out a little bit. Isn't that funny? <laughs> then you have to Photoshop, right? <laughs> exactly. I was noticing that. Poor actors and actresses. I mean, you can't get any less than a size zero. But um, one of the things I wanted to share with you is an experience I had, which was um, during my growing up years, for some reason, uh, I, I was from a big family, Mensa Society, smart. Everybody went to, you know, Ph, got PhDs in college, double PhDs, and um, really capable family I came from. Uh, and I was the one they always made the exception about. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Raphael. And what I got when I was growing up, and, you know, I don't blame uh, my brothers and sisters and my parents were acting this way because there was a reason why they thought this, and that was, you are not smart enough. I just didn't fit the Mensa Society big hard drive in the top of your head there <laughs> that everyone else did. Instead, uh, you know, that's called high IQ, right? Intelligence quotient. And I finally figured out a whole lot of years later, I had a different kind of high IQ, which was intuitive quotient. <laughs> And there were there were a lot of times when I skipped steps because I really didn't need to do the the book part because I had the intuition for it. But the you are not smart enough was really a stigma when I was growing up. And as I was going through my psychic training, I got to really look at this because I noticed that because I believed it for so long, I really believed that I wasn't good enough for anything other than, let's say, an hourly job. And I worked them for a lot of years and uh, worked very, very hard, usually at least two jobs. I Fortunately, God gave me enough energy this lifetime to do a lot more than a lot of people can do in one day. But um, as I was clearing out my energy, you know, when, when you uh, work your energy and start to become more and more aware of getting to know who you are, I one day was was meditating and I all these uh, pictures that I carried with me where I believed when people told me I wasn't smart enough, maybe in, in you know one of my grades I didn't get really high grades, but you know in, in most of my school I got pretty good grades, but not like straight A's and I wasn't that interested in college and all that kind of stuff. But as all those pictures started coming up about, people's opinion about how smart I was and how I bought into it, I got to one, I and we call it blowing a picture, that the picture came up and it was a picture that said, you are stupid. <laughs> and it was a picture I recognized um, on a very conscious level, but I recognized it was one that I saw all the time and wasn't aware of it until that moment. I took that mental image picture and put it in a rose, exploded it, and something changed in my whole being. I could not believe it. It was like, of course, I'm as smart as the rest of my siblings. Um, and I looked at my life and all those decisions of, of not doing this and not doing that because I didn't think I was smart enough to. 
So just for fun, and this wasn't for competition, but for fun, I decided to go out and buy a, an IQ test. And I gave it to myself. And what I found out, I was delighted to find out, was I was right up there with the IQs of my brothers and sisters. And so what? It didn't matter except for the fact that I knew somewhere underneath all that feeling of being stupid for so many years that I really was smart. And um, then I got to review all the places where I expressed that, as in I love to invent things and I love music and I taught myself to play guitar and I write songs and on and on and on. And I love my spiritual growth most of all. So, you know, going through an early life of not feeling smart enough actually helped to lead me to what I could really be good at and then find out I actually was smart. You know, that's the hardest part is when we actually believe you are not something enough. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, and when you get into competition with yourself and believing that, you know, you're not something enough... That's when the problem begins because once you're in competition with yourself, you can't get to know who you are. You can't get to know yourself truly because you're already in competition and you're trying to be something better, something more, something less, something this, something that. And that sounds like what do they do in the weddings, you know, uh, something blue, something (laughs) (laughs) whatever. But you start scrambling for, you know, I got to be more this way or less that way. I I wish I could be, you know, I wish I could have this. I wish I could do that as good as you can and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And where in all of that busyness do you find the space to sit down and just go, oh, wait a minute. Who am I? where, Where am I coming from? How do I work? Just like Raphael said, when you when you get hung up on somebody else's judgment of what it means to be smart, let's say, and if you don't fit that person's judgment, then you're you're not smart. <laughs> you're not at least you're not smart enough. But being smart isn't just one kind of test you take, right? There's We're all intelligent beings, incredibly creative, but we're not creative in the same way. We're not interested in creating the same stuff. Some of us use our creativity to write. Some of us use our creativity to run a business. Some of us use our creativity to dance or sing, play music. Some of us use our creativity for sports. Some of us use our creativity to bake cakes and cookies. I'm kind of getting hungry. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, the other thing is, um, when someone is thinking they're not smart enough, they don't pursue being educated in an, in certain areas where they think they're not smart enough in. And that's kind of unfortunate because if you have an interest in an area and you think you're not smart enough, you're you're going to turn away from it. And so my, uh, for the younger uh, members of our audience here, give it a try. Try learning. Uh, try reading about it. Go online. Have fun with it. 
If you're interested in it, you're likely smart enough. But don't compete with yourself. If you're if you find you lose your interest, move on to something else. That's fine. And it's it's all matter of if you look at where do you end up starting to be in competition in the first place? Are you born that way? No, it's it's most everyone starts off really early to be in competition because Someone comes along that's important to you and tells you, you're not enough. You're no good. You're worthless. You're, you're bad. You didn't do that right. And, and they don't necessarily mean harm. In fact, Sometimes they do. <laughs> sometimes they do. Yeah, sometimes it's malicious and everything. But most of the times, no, it comes from people who care about you. And, and they have their judgment. Oh, yeah, I'm responsible for you or I need to train you correctly or whatever and and then they take it upon themselves to you know they're doing the best they can but sometimes they don't know how to how to help somebody become more of who they are instead of forming into forming them into shaping them into what they think they should be so when someone's already in competition spent a you know many years growing up and becoming an adult and living in that competition, they're going to pass it on to other people too, even in the best of intentions. They'll, they'll come from that place of competition and say, oh, yeah, you got to get better than that. And in some levels, it looks like competition works, especially in things like sports or business or something where the environment is so competitive. If you don't be better than everybody else, basically, they kick you out. You're out of a job. <laughs> you're out of a job. You're out of a position. You're out of the team. You're, you know, you lose. Again, competition's based on losing. You think competition's based on winning, right? But no, competition's always based on being afraid of losing. Then you get into competition. If you're not afraid of losing anything, then you don't have, there's no reason to be in competition. There's no reason to listen to someone else telling you you're not enough in some way. It's an interesting thing when to undo the competition, pretty much every one of us is in competition until we start to learn to undo the competition and start to be able to trust ourselves and go, you know what? What if I don't try so hard to be the best at this or be better than all those people or or prove it to everyone else, prove it to the world, or even prove it to myself that I'm good enough in some way. If I didn't do that, oh, then I'd be interested in, well, let's see what I'm made up of. Let's see what I'm capable of. It opens the, uh, opens the space up for discovery exploration, creativity, trying things out and go, yeah, well, I fell on my face on that one, but it was so much fun. Let's try it again. <laughs> and, and, oh, on the 10th time you go, whoa, you know, I'm getting this. I'm actually pretty good at this. And this is so much fun. I, I'll, I'll pursue this. Other things you'll find out. Yeah, not only am I not very good at this, I'm not even interested in it. <laughs> so, so why bother trying to pursue this when I'm not interested in it? 
uh, just because everybody else thinks I make a fantastic such and such, maybe I'm not interested in it. Huh. And what I'm interested in, oh, God, and the people who care about me the most might sometimes try to talk me out of it because their judgment is, oh, if you become an artist, you're going to starve to death. <laughs> or if you're, uh, you, you're going to, you, you know, we don't want you to be a starving musician. And, and that's known, established careers. What if, what if you're born to be psychic? <laughs> what if you're born to be a spiritual healer or teacher? Oh, that's even, you can't go to a high school vocational counselor and say, okay, what's the best college to, to go to if I want to be a psychic? <laughs> mm-hmm. If I want to be a clairvoyant, if I want to be a spiritual teacher or a healer. Uh, healer, now they're starting to be, oh, well, there's alternative healing and this and that. The other yeah, thing. Reiki and. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that's starting to get into the mainstream, which is, this is part of the time of this great transformation is all this stuff is going to open up and be available to where people don't have to be in the closet and just try to fit into the rest of the world by putting themselves in a square box because that's approved. But where and who they are and what they're here for isn't. Oh, our second break is coming right up, and we have exciting news for you. Although we still won't be traveling to Switzerland for our annual events there in person, we will be able to offer you what was originally planned for our Zurich Friday evening workshop and weekend seminar via Zoom online. Yes, Zoom has brought the world together. In fact, uh, those events will be even more available to you from anywhere in the world. For that, we're ever grateful for the dedication and love of our hosts, the wonderful Wolfgang and Marianne Jaeger of Inlicht. In fact, tomorrow is Marianne's birthday, I do believe. So here's a big happy birthday to Marianne Jaeger. Happy birthday to you. Anyway, on Friday, May 21st, Michael will teach in this uh, Zurich Zoom uh, event, Psychic Communication in Your Life, What It Is, What It Does, and What to Do With It to Heal Yourself, a fabulous two-hour workshop. Then on the weekend of May 22 and 23, and this is just in a few weeks, he'll teach his in-depth and comprehensive weekend seminar, Psychic Communication, Prayer Healing, and Living Your Most Joy-Filled Life. Michael will teach in English with immediate translation into German with our wonderful translator, Barbara. Since both events will be online or by phone via Zoom globally, the schedule for the events will be different for different time zones. For those of you in Switzerland or Central European time zone, the Friday workshop will be at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. your time. And the weekend seminar will be given each day from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m., which means we started about 5 in the morning (laughs) to do that. Anyway, if you want to learn more about it, check our website, michaeltamora.com, and go to the event section and scroll down for the dates, which is, again, May 21, 22, and 23. And you can see details in English along with contact information for the event organizer. Find out all the details and sign up online at the Forum Imleet website. This is an alternative way to do it. 
which is www.imlicht.ch or contact Wolfgang Jaeger in German or English at forum at imlicht.ch. In just a bit, we'll return to more TLC for your psychic self. Oh, the big lie, actually. (laughs) We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's nice to have you back. We've been addressing the big lie that you are not enough, just as you are, that has plagued humanity for millennia. This is the time to break out of believing in that lie once and for all. So let's get back to how you can do that. Well, I'd like to share a little story with you. Um, Since we moved down from the mountain, I've had a little more opportunity to Um, go to various talks and things, at least before the pandemic hit. And um, this, I got invited to this wonderful talk that was going on at someone's house. And it turned out to be this author by the name of Sherry Salata. And she wrote this wonderful book called The Beautiful No. Um, Sherry Salata worked for Oprah for many, many years, uh, 20 some years, I think. And her story is incredible because The Beautiful No is really all about how she was told no when she went for uh, going to work for Oprah. She kept saying no to her. And then one day it was a beautiful yes. And she ended up working for her for a long time and had a very successful career. And then she got to the point where she was ready to move on to something else. And what one of the things she talked about in her talk was that in the media, in the uh, out front media that that's uh been established for quite a while now, women over, I believe it's 43 years old, are 
overlooked completely and not considered, their opinions are not considered valuable. If you're, you know, under 43, like 42 and under, and preferably 22 to 32, I suppose, you know, that's who all the media is directed to is the younger folks. And as people get older, it's like you age out of of the interest of the media. But her whole uh, story was about being able to overcome that stigma and start a second career and really start to help women who were in that over 43-year-old stage of, you know, I've raised my children, what next? Or I've raised my children and had a career, I'm ready to take my next step, what's next? And a lot of times, especially with women who raise children, um, a lot of times they're not really suited or or up to date with uh, what to do in the market. So what's a a woman to do? And this is where she was speaking about how finding that passion within yourself and finding your talents. And I also like to use the example of um, the wonderful Louise Hay, who's now passed over just uh, in the last year or so. Um, She started the uh, publishing company Hay House, when she was in her 50s and she had an, an extraordinary second career in her life into her 90s. She was still completely active in her publishing house right up to the day she died. That's kind of how I want to be. So the we were talking about you are not something enough. If, what about you are not young enough? What are you going to do about it? If, if you're older, you can't exactly make yourself young, right? But you can... Make yourself, uh, uh, let's say, more validated as a spirit and start to really look at what you have to offer. And so many times in my life and all the times, you know, the years I've been teaching, there's been several times where people who came up to me days later or even years later and told me that, when I communicated with them on a particular time, and usually it's just like a few minutes, five minutes or so, they were on their way to go kill themselves. But they decided against it because of what I told them. And in each time, what I told them was about themselves. And it gave each person a new perspective of, gee, I, I didn't, I was going to go kill myself because I thought of myself in such a different way, and when you told me about myself, I can it totally validated what I knew myself to be inside. But these people were listening to other people telling them that they weren't enough, they weren't good enough, they weren't whatever enough. And it got to be where they they just weren't worthless, and they were worthless, and they they could they didn't need to stick around, and life would be better if they just got themselves out of the equation. So, I mean, that was such an incredible blessing every time this happened where somebody comes to me because at that time, I didn't know that's what they were planning to do. I was just intuitively communicating. Just knew yeah. they had to have some kind of hello that, was, that could be very important to them. Yes. And then, but there's one time with this young girl, uh, teenager, 17 or something, I was teaching, I was uh, giving a talk in this uh, public arena convention hall, and there's about 500 people in the audience, and she was sitting almost 
to the back row, second or third to the back row. And amongst 500 people, you know, you, you look around as you're talking, but it's slightly dim light in the audience, so you can't see people very clearly physically. Fortunately, I, I, was, I wasn't looking physically. I saw this person way back there who was looking at a suicide, what I call a suicide picture. They have a picture in their mind of looking at, I'm going to go kill myself. So I thought, oh, geez, you know, what do I do? I'm in the middle of a talk, and the talk had nothing to do with suicide. <laughs> but I decided, oh, this will be a great demonstration of, I think the talk was about clairvoyance and psychic abilities and development and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, oh, this will be a good demonstration. So I pointed her out and asked the the person with the microphone runner to go find this lady. And I said, yeah. And she, she was very, you know, shy at first and didn't want to stand up, didn't want to hold the mic and all of that. But I said, please, you know, uh, uh, humor me. And so she did. And I asked her point blank. I said, I don't have much time to, to, uh, talk with her for the evening. So I just point blank. I said, you know, have you been, have you been, considering that, you know, life isn't worth it. And, and have you had those kind of thoughts and even thoughts of, you know, maybe I should just go kill myself type of a thing. And then she just started crying and just fell apart. And then as she composed herself, she, she admitted, she said, yes, that's that I was even thinking about it just now. And I said, what got you there? And she, she says, I don't know. I, I just start feel that way because in her mind, this picture wasn't hers. She was trying to solve somebody else's problem and a person who was really close to her. And I said, yeah, did you have a girlfriend, really close girlfriend a few years back or a couple of years ago that, that did commit suicide? And she said, how did you know? <laughs> and I says, well, that's whose image you're looking at. And she goes, that's exactly what happened. And, and that, she said, I haven't been the same since. And I said, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing to go through. And I, I had her close her eyes and I, I taught her to ground herself like we do on this show a lot of times. It's imagining that tree trunk from the base of the spine all the way to the center of the earth. And I said, okay, just be in the center of your head. And she goes, okay. And she's, I said, okay, now imagine uh, a rose. Imagine an image of a rose out in front of you. And would you take that girl that committed suicide, your friend, put her in that rose, the image of her, and just decide to put all her energies and her thoughts that you took on from her into you, put it out into that rose. And she goes, okay. I said, okay, you got it. She goes, yep. And then I said, now imagine the whole thing exploding. And she did. She opens her eyes and she was like a different person. She just brightened up. I knew she was a really bright being. And, but with, with that whole thought and everything of killing herself and just being depressed and all that, she was very dark. And once she did that, just like Raphael said with her uh, experience of just blowing that one, in, in Raphael's case, a stupid picture. In her case, a picture of a good best friend who died, who, who killed herself. And boom, once she took out all that energy from that other person, 
she was herself again. And so we talked just a little bit about getting her back to her own self, who she is. And she says, I haven't felt myself for a couple of years, ever since she died. And I feel like I'm myself again. I'm really a happy person. And I said, you're right. And, and later on, her mother uh, called me up and thanked me and everything. And, and we had, a, the three of us had a very amazing conversation. But isn't that amazing? It's, it's just such a simple thing. But how many people go out there and kill themselves because they don't know what to do? And, and it starts with being, believing in the competition, believing in the judgment that, you know, they're not good enough. They're not enough. They, they have no value. And that's what I've learned every time I hear back from somebody who said, ah, I was going to kill myself. But when I talked to you, what happened was I found myself again. And everyone knows who they are. You can't intellectualize it. You can't figure yourself out. But you intuitively know. In the heart of your hearts, you know yourself. And as long as you're trying to be someone else, somehow else, some better, worse, or less, or more than you are, you're not going to be a happy camper. But the minute you start to get out of competition, and that starts with just imagining any of those thoughts that you have in your mind of not enough, not good enough, not this, not that, you know, all that stuff that makes you unhappy. Take those thoughts, put it in a rose, and just imagine the whole thing exploding in and let it go. In a flash In a flash of light, just let it go and see what happens. One of the other things, too, is that um, it's probably very helpful if you catch yourself when you're putting those kind of judgments on other people, and we do it all the time. You know, oh, that person's too fat, or look at that outfit, and this and that. Um, the less you're in the habit of judging everyone else on that level, the less you're going to be affected by when a judgment that gets tossed your way. You won't, like what I was saying, I spent my childhood and early adulthood believing what got put onto me, maybe because it was their response to how I was behaving or whatever. But and you were I, sensitive, you were aware. Exactly. You felt it, you thought it, you heard it, you know. The whole nine yards, for yeah. sure. All right, then. Well, we're coming to the end of our show already. What a fun time we've had today, even though it's a very serious subject in some ways because it's something that we all get stuck on at some point or another, and you just have to remind yourself you are good enough. Well, we're grateful that you could join us today. We hope you enjoyed our show and found it to be helpful in your continuing journey of awakening and healing. Be sure to join us next Wednesday to find out how, aha, competition stunts your spiritual growth. So (laughs) you had a little preview of it today. And learn much more about how you can free yourself of competition and going against yourself. Remember, too, to join us for our next teleclass. On Saturday, May 15th, that's in a couple Saturdays from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time on Make a Psychic Pit Stop Energy Work to Recharge, which is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. Check our website or call our office and speak to our wonderful assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650, 530-926-2650. 
800-242-2650 for details or to sign up. And again, make sure you sign up to be on our mailing list so you can get our newsletter and know more about what we're doing. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 